and welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and you'll be able to hear co-host Jeff Schutze during today's interview. He was busy working on freelance projects and was not able to record the intro and outro this time, but you'll get a chance to hear him on the intro and outro for the next interview. So first up in the world of animation news, Asifa Hollywood is currently accepting nominations for the 46th Annual Annie Awards for judges, and they are also accepting submissions. So if you would like to be a judge and you are an animation professional, or if you have something that you would like to submit for the Annie Awards, which will be taking place February 2nd, 2019 at Royce Hall, make sure to visit their website and I'll make sure to leave the website link in the show notes as well as on our website so that you can take a look at that. And now on to the main event. We're very pleased today to be bringing you a wonderful interview with Victoria Orolfo. Victoria is a background painter whose credits include Riot Games, Cartoon Network, and Honda. We had a great time speaking with her, and I know that all of you will enjoy hearing her interview. So without further ado, we're happy to present episode 76, Interview with Victoria Orolfo. Our guest today is Victoria Orolfo, and Victoria, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been a blast so far. It's really hot right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> for, for all of our uh, listeners in various other states, as well as around the world, it is currently 90 degrees. Yep. A few days ago, it was the high was 120, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is extremely... That's just not typical in the Valley, in the Burbank, Glendale, Pasadena area. So all of us have been trying very hard not to pass out from the heat and not Mm -hmm. to go outside so that we don't roast. So I appreciate you coming out on this very, very hot day. Oh yeah, anytime. (laughs) Absolutely. So we always like to start with origin stories. So Victoria, where are you from? I am from Arcadia. Well, I live in Arcadia, but before that I was in West Covina, where I grew up with my parents up until the early 2000s, and then I moved to Arcadia. Arcadia. And then after that, I went to college in Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, where I studied illustration for the entertainment arts track, and now I'm working. That is great. And so we're always curious, too, about people's influences growing up. So what was it that attracted you to entertainment and animation specifically? Well, it all started with anime, like a lot of people that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, like once I started going through Art Center, it kind of moved more into general film, TV, and a lot of American TV that I really liked. And what changed my view, for me anyway, like wanting to do this for a career, was watching The Iron Giant for the first time in college. <laughs> and that was that was a really good experience for me. And because of that, my focus in art would be like background design. And I felt that the world of The Iron Giant really told the story more so, just as much as the characters did. That's mm. great. And we actually, we haven't had too many background designers on the show. Oh, so- yeah? I'm always very curious, how did you get involved with background design? I think for me, it was just not 
liking drawing people. Yeah, and I feel like uh, when it comes to storytelling anyway, without having to like overtly tell the story, at least with, without characters, you can explain what's going on in a single environment, describing how a character's personality is based off of things in their bedroom or, or just the way that a mood is set in a certain scene with that, I think, tells a lot about a story. And I feel like backgrounds and environments anyway are a better way to tell a story, in my opinion, than with just acting. All right. Before college, were you interested in backgrounds at all? or did Not at just? all. Okay. <laughs> uh, before college, I was actually really into like fine art painting. Oh, the nice. stuff that you would see in galleries, it was more, not so much abstract painting, more uh, illustration, kind of like soy milk and that kind of oil painting with figures. Mm-hmm. I say that now, but I don't, I, did, I liked painting figures at the time. Mm-hmm. Now I like painting things. Okay, that's good. And then mentioned Art Center, and Art Center is a very well-regarded school. A lot of fantastic artists have come out of the school. How did you prepare to go there? Because I know that that's a very tough school to get into. Right. I went to a portfolio prep after school during my time in high school. And at that school, they kind of, for illustration anyway, they gave you a general guideline as to how to build a portfolio for illustration. And or I hadn't made the decision to switch over to animation until midway through Art Center. So the portfolio that I built for Art Center was catered towards editorial illustration. Okay. And for those who might not know, because I know that editorial illustration has changed. What what exactly is that? It's illustration for articles like news articles or magazines. It's actually now becoming more web-based, so like web articles, book covers, and stuff like that. Okay. And is that still an interest of yours or now it's yeah. fully animation? I mean, I'm, I'm interested in doing it, but not as a full-time thing. Very good. All right. So then while you're at Art Center, I saw that you were a graphic design intern over at We++ and you also did a lot of work on campus. So let's talk some more about that. Right. So the internship that I did at the time was more of a an activity for me to get my mind off of school because I, <laughs> I, I took a term off because Art Center has this program where you're supposed to take eight terms but most people take more than eight terms and I just needed a break so I took one term off out of the entire eight terms to do an internship and that was more as a favor to a friend at the time because it wasn't paid but I did learn a lot about graphic design and how the app industry works or the mobile gaming social apps and how that worked so that was that and when I was at school I worked a few campus jobs just to pay for gas pay for money Uh, because at the time I had I was living with my parents I still am living with my parents so bless them. <laughs> very much. Yeah. Uh, but working on campus was really convenient for me because I was still able to take my classes and make money after taking class. Mm-hmm. When you say you were working on social apps, mm-hmm. I assume you were doing artwork for these apps, or were you doing it was, something else? Uh, it was for graphic design, so it was more page layout and logo design, if more than anything. Uh, it was less illustration and more organizing pages and buttons and how they work on apps. Very good. So then. Upon- Upon graduation, how did you then land your very first job? Let's see. My first job out of graduation was a freelance gig with a tech company called Daiquiri. And they, they, they're they more of a startup. They told me that their specialty was augmented reality, AR. So they built this app that was supposed to teach AR to other people. And within that app, they wanted like a cool intro with illustrations, kind of just to open up the world to the world of AR to people who would use their app. And so they came to me asking if I could make illustrations for them, more like splash art, little screen swipes here and mm-hmm. there. And that, that was my first gig. And that came to me because... 
the person that was recruiting for them was browsing on ArtStation, and oh. they found me. Oh, wow, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, so it was, I guess, good luck at the time. Yeah, I would also say, though, that it's good that you put your work online, because mm-hmm. we still meet people that don't mm-hmm. have websites. Yeah. And oh, we're always, odd. yes, it is very <laughs> odd, and we're always shocked when we meet folks that don't have websites or don't have a, a social media presence of any mm-hmm. type. Right. It's like, do you want to talk? Do you want to find me? <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be found. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was actually not very active on social media in general at the time. And this was like two and a half years ago. But I did have an online portfolio. And through ArtStation, if you look at my ArtStation, there's like nothing on it except a link to my website. And that's how he found my work. Mm-hmm. Nice. But you were still there. Right. You yeah. Know, you still had that link. Had you oh, yeah. Link, oh, yeah. Who knows? For sure. We might be talking to an entirely different person right now. It'd be very sad. <laughs> All right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So then how did that lead you to get the next couple of jobs that you've had? After that, I took a job at BLT Communications, which is an advertising firm who does movie posters, billboards, and other outdoor promotions for uh, a bunch of different movie platforms. I worked on a lot of live action at the time, like Alien Covenant, wow. Spider-Man Homecoming, and a bunch of other things you'll, that's listed somewhere on my resume. But... <laughs> Uh, It was fun. It was a good experience for me just learning photo bashing and how people use that in print media because a lot of the stuff that I did for them wasn't for the web, even though that is something that they do. And it also like really exposed me to the film industry. And I mean like live action film and stuff like that, not so much animation. And I worked there for about eight months and over time decided that I didn't like photo bashing. (laughs) Like I would rather spend my time on a job where I would be painting. Mm -hmm stuff like that. And so I left them after the eight months and then applied to Cartoon Network where I met Tierra. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. And so they, uh, at the time, their website didn't have any art openings. And there's a section on their application form for positions that aren't listed. And I had expressed that I wanted to be a background artist. And a few weeks after that, I got contacted by them and they said, hey, we have a show that needs background painters. Would you like a test for it? And I said, yeah, sure. And so they sent me over the test. It was for Mighty Magiswords, um, Tiara's show. Yes, yes. It's funny. I actually listened to her podcast before applying and I didn't even know she was on the team until afterwards. He's like, wait a minute. Yeah. And it was it was just so surreal. That job was really fun because it was also remote. Jobs that I had before were all on site. And working remotely for an animation production was a lot more casual than I expected. Because I they would hand me a storyboard for the episode and then just based off of the episode I would paint the background. Okay. It was super straightforward, like here's a storyboard, do this and make sure this one prop is on another layer. Stuff like that. Did you ever have to go in for meetings or did they ever oh, yeah, say, yeah. hey, would you like to come in? Or was it more, no, it's fine, you can work from right. right. Yeah, every time we would start a new episode, they would bring me in and then they would just give me a packet and go over the specifications for backgrounds, uh, little things like that. But I would only go in at the beginning of each episode and I think I was on about 10 episodes. Okay. So actually, I want to ask you about this because I've had a couple of people ask me about freelance positions and how that works. And so I'm very curious on your end, how did you manage your time so that you could get everything in on time and not end up working at, you know, 3 a.m. before? Well, the thing about uh, the show that I was on was that the style was simple enough for me to do it quickly. So time management wasn't really an issue until I started working at Riot Games at the same time as working with Cartoon Network. 
So for me, I ended up spending about five hours each day after my day job at Riot to work on the stuff at Cartoon Network every day. And I just, I kept doing that for a while until there was like a break in between a few episodes every now and then because it wouldn't be like consistently back to back. But in terms of like time management, I just drive work, drive work. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's all <laughs> yeah, for that time period. But it wasn't really stressful for me because I enjoyed the work that I was doing. And it, for me, it was a big payoff because I got to be exposed to the animation industry and I was doing a job that I loved. That's yeah. good. So since you've worked, you know, you've done graphic design, you've done advertising and you've mm-hmm. done animation, a lot of our listeners are primarily animation focused. So mm-hmm. can you speak about just what some of the similarities and differences are between working at those types of companies? Right. I would say that it's in terms of working, it's very similar. Like you, you'll be given a task and then you just do it. And for animation, you're on a team. So you're working within a big department and your step leads to someone else's job. With advertising, it was more straightforward like I would be giving a set of posters to design and then I would just do that and then that would be it and whether they get (laughs) most of the time they wouldn't get approved so a lot of the stuff that I did in advertising can't be seen by the general public whatsoever not even in portfolio no not even in portfolio as as long as it's not out open in the world I can't show it to anyone which is why they all they have all the files, so I couldn't show it even if I wanted to. <laughs> but um, the the posters were more like you design them, you send them to the client, that the client approves them whether they like it or not. You do revisions, and then you keep doing that until it gets approved by them. And usually that that goes through like 500 posters per movie. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. And you don't see it; you only see the final one that's up there. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people they usually have working on all 500 of these posters? I imagine it's not just you or one right. person. So the company was broken up into different teams and each team would handle like four or five properties at a time. So my team, I was under the CEO's team. So we would handle the bigger movies like Spider-Man Homecoming. My first assignment was actually Passengers, which I don't know if you watch, but oh, it's, it's yeah. got Jennifer. Um, yeah, the Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence, Chris Pratt and <laughs> <Yeah>. Space. <movie>. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was interesting. But the campaign for that was very simple. It was just headshots, space. and and text and and so uh that was my first assignment and the process for that was very tedious i would send in what they asked for and then the client would be like oh move the text a little that way Mm -hmm. and then i'd do that and then send it back and then they'd come back oh wait we want it to be spaced out a little bit more can you change the kerning a little bit so i do that and that went on for a few weeks Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, like, can you increase this by 15%? You're going, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just give me all the notes at once. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but for the most part, I was on a team of four other people, the CEO included, and we would each do like four or five sets of posters per property each day. And depending on whether we would get notes back from the client, we would continue that. But for the most part, we were juggling multiple projects at the same time. Mm. Would they give you the images, the photos, or would you be sketching it out? Like, Oh, um, because everything's photo bashed, they Mm -hmm. they actually have a photo department that goes out and takes pictures of like the celebrities that are in Mm -hmm. the movie. And then they would send us those photos and then we would send them to our masker who would mask out their heads. And then we, the art directors would put them together. My position was junior art director, but there wasn't a lot of directing at Mm -hmm. the time, or at least in the movie poster world. It was mostly just composing elements. All right, so I want to talk a little more about Riot Games. You said you were working at Riot Games at the same time that yes. you were working at Cartoon Network, which is a feat in and of itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at the same time here. So how did you get your job at Riot Games? 
at the time that they contacted me, uh, they actually reached out to my friend from Art Center first, saying that they needed an illustrator like ASAP because the one on their project, on the project that I worked on, quit or had to leave for maternity leave. And so they wanted someone who could start as soon as possible. And I figured, why not try two jobs at one time? <laughs> it's like, I am um, ambitious. Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they, they contacted my friend, but she wasn't available. So she referred to me instead. Mm-hmm. And I was available and I took it on. And there wasn't really a testing process for that job since they needed someone ASAP. It was more like, uh, come in, we'll show you around. Uh, try this thing for two days, you'll get paid for it. And then if you like us and we like you, you can stay on for a while. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's just basically like, <laughs> how do we get along? We get along great. Okay, you're hired. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's really great because um, the team that I was on anyway, we would play League of Legends every day at the end of the day just as a team building exercise, which is Riot Games' only game that's out at the moment. So it's, it's a great a experience. Game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to have a game that's out. That's, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. So the, the work culture there is really great. Like people are really chill. There's one day or sorry, one week out of the entire year they do every day where all the workers come together and build something fun for the game. It never comes out to the public anyway, but it's a good way to learn more about the company in general and what other people do. And it also allows people who don't have like an artist job to do art if they want to. Oh, that's fun. Oh, yeah. And there's free food, so. Oh, yeah. That's, that's actually <laughs> one of the things that I love about animation and video game and mm-hmm. film and television is the abundance of food. Oh, yeah. And no. candy. It's <laughs> oh yeah and it was good food too like everything was catered there were like free jelly beans everywhere oh wow yeah. before you got the job were you interested in getting into the video game industry like it was more of well i was interested but it, i wasn't really familiar with it at the time i didn't even play the game before they hired me and it was an interesting experience but it didn't feel any different than the animation industry in terms of the people anyway because game assets at least with the style of league of legends everything is 2D painted on top of 3D. So it was new and different, but it was exciting. That was good. So what exactly were you working on? I was working on a cinematic Mm -hmm. for uh, one of their champions, Annie, which is one of their oldest champions. And she's basically a little girl with a teddy bear that turns evil. (laughs) That like that's the ultimate attack. And they wanted to create or recreate her backstory and give her more depth so that people wouldn't view her as just an evil little girl. Mm -hmm. So I worked on the cinematic as an illustrator painting her face her mother's face, her father's face, and backgrounds. Okay. And I don't know if you've watched it, but the style of that looks like it's 2D painted or like hand painted with oil or watercolor. And it's actually a 3D model, 3D animation with paint on top. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. So it was an interesting experience. It was really straightforward, actually, in terms of production. Like they would give me the 3D model and say paint over it. And that was it for the most part. You're like, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And there were some other things that I got to design to like the backgrounds, but it's very, it was very abstract for that particular project. Very good. And I'm, I don't know if you can answer this or not, but I've always wondered whenever people have multiple freelance jobs at varying companies, what are the rules for that? If you want to freelance Mm. at one place, but then also another place, is it more of as long as it's not a direct competitor, it's okay? Or like how do companies usually view that? So because Cartoon Network and Riot Games, they're both different in the sense that Cartoon Network does TV shows and Riot Games does the one game. And I, before I had taken on the job at Riot, I asked here if it was okay. And she said, yeah, it's fine because you're, um, uh, you're working remotely and you're freelance, so it's okay. And I asked the people at Riot if it would be okay to work with Cartoon Network still. And they said, as long as 
you're not working on their projects while you're at work because it was an on-site job Mm -hmm. for Riot. They said it was okay. Okay. So for the most part, I think it varies depending on your company, but just ask the person in charge whether you can or can't. Okay. That's good good advice. (laughs) Yeah, because I've... I won't name names, but I know people that have worked at the same types of companies. They just don't tell anybody. And right. I get why they do that. But at the same time, you're wondering, that seems like a very fine line to be working right. on right yeah. now. You know? so Especially when deadlines come up. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and then your name shows up in the credits. And I, when, when were you on this? <laughs> you know, so oh, yeah. I figure since Cartoon Network and Riot are different types of companies, it'd be okay. But I was wondering, like, what are the rules for right. anybody out there that's wondering? Yeah. You know? For those two companies specifically, that was how it it was, but I would imagine that working for like I don't know Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network at the same time might be yes, trickier. Yes, probably no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna I go. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't like legally say one way or the right. other. But being an employee of Nick, then they're probably gonna frown on that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So then I saw also that you had an opportunity to work at Honda. Oh and yes. So let's keep track so far. So you're doing <laughs> freelance for a graphic design company. Mm-hmm. You worked for an animation studio. You worked for a video game studio, and then you worked for a car manufacturer. Right. So I think we had the most variety of anyone we've ever spoken to. So how did you get a job working with Honda? Right. So uh, some people I graduated with actually needed help with a project that I can't really go into details about, but at Honda, they needed an illustrator like me to work on an animation. And everything that they do at Honda is internal. So all the work that I've done with them won't ever be shown to the public, only to the people within the company. And the project that I was on... So so Honda every year has like this grand show. The American team will show their new designs and concepts to the Japan team. And they needed someone like me to paint giant backdrops for that show. And it was something that they needed done on-site and fast, and I happened to be available at the time, so they called me up and they were like, hey, do you want to come work for a car company? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) What kind of backdrops were you? Uh, Matte paintings, and oh, there was also a 2.5D animation that I worked on there. Also backgrounds, so it wasn't entirely different than what I did for Cartoon Network or Riot. Mm -hmm. So it was mostly just paint the thing, and then we'll animate it. Okay. And since you're working with, you know, the artist team, mm-hmm. was the culture similar to Riot and Cartoon Network since it was fellow but, artists? Or was it oh, right. just very different of, no, no, <laughs> I am now in a whole other ballgame. Right. The team that I was on was really friendly. Like, we would go out for lunch, like, all the time. It's different in the sense that uh, because it's a Japanese company, everyone's very quiet and respectful to each other mm-hmm. and less party and like, <laughs> hey, I want to get to know you better. Like, in, a, in an aggressive way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like aggressively friendship. It's like, ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, which isn't to say that's a bad thing. It, mm-hmm. was, it was just different for me. It was very calm, I would say. Great weather because it's in Torrance near the beach. Mm-hmm. But the work was very similar in that I would just paint backgrounds for someone who needed different assets in the background. Mm. So a running theme that I've heard is referrals from excellent friends mm-hmm. who you went to school with. And I think that's a very important point that mm-hmm. you made. So right. for people that are currently students or for people that are about to go to school, how are you able to foster those kind of friendships and connections with your classmates so that you would be someone that they would want to work with and want to refer? For right. Jobs? I think in a school setting, it's easier to make friends just because you have this unspoken camaraderie through hard work or homework, stuff like that. 
And Art Center's program is very rigorous. So we would spend hours together in the cafeteria or the computer labs just working together and getting to know each other. Uh, similar to how you would at a normal workplace, but everyone's like young studying. <laughs> so everything's more um, fast paced, I feel, in school. And yeah, just being a person, really getting to know people on a personal level mm -hmm. was how I got jobs with my friends. Okay. Yeah, that's that's good to know because a lot of people are in school, a lot of people wondering the path. So oh, that's, yeah. that's very important. So let's talk now because I saw that you have exhibited at a number of gallery shows around town. And oh, yeah. Also conventions, most notably, you know, we met at oh, right. Zero Animation Expo mm -hmm. this year, which is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. But you've also done shows over at Gallery 1988, Van mm -hmm. Alley Expo, you've done the CTN Road Trip. So let's talk more about those experiences. So the gallery shows that I do, most of them were at Gallery 1988, which is in the Hollywood area, I had emailed them expressing interest in being an artist and showing or contributing to group shows that they do because the gallery shows that they do are mostly pop culture based. So it's like fan art, but for a gallery. <laughs> a lot like Fan Alley, actually. But when I applied to them, I just wanted to do something at on the side and at the time I was still working in advertising and I figured since they're like nearby each other roughly I would every now and then drop off a piece and be a part of the thing and so uh, that was kind of the same process for Fan Alley as well in terms of gallery shows and those were fun because it's like doing art on the side of my main art job mm -hmm. so it was a nice stress relief thing okay. for me <laughs> and most of it was fan art too so it's nice having an outlet for fan art. I love gallery shows because I feel like it's professional fan art. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you have fan art that's like purely for fun and then you have fan art for display. Right. Which is really nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's how it was for those two galleries anyway. I've done smaller galleries, but they weren't really focused on pop culture. Mm -hmm. So I would say that my experiences with those two galleries were the best in, in that sense. But doing conventions was more fun for me because I would actually get to talk to people or people would have to come to like my table or whatever the setup is and talk to me. Mm -hmm. Whereas with gallery shows, you kind of just wander around and join conversations. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're similar, but I like both of them. Yeah. And I feel like fan art galleries are fun too, because the people that like your art and the mm -hmm. stuff that you're a fan of, it creates an instant connection between you two where you can just talk right away. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. They're just fun. Yeah. And I believe we met through my friend Ileana. Yes. <laughs> I actually didn't know that she was going to the convention until she uh, contacted me and asked for like a carpool ride. <laughs> That's a good way to find out. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was fun. She uh, did reviews with Tierra for Ground Zero. And it was great because I didn't actually know anyone except for Tierra, and she kind of introduced me to a bunch of other people, including you. And I want to just give a plug for Tierra because we've mentioned her a couple of times, but for those who may not know out there, so Tierra Little, she's part of the Animation Network. She works now over at Disney on DuckTales, and she has a company called No Hiatus, which does resume and cover letter reviews for people wanting to get into the industry. So she was at Ground Zero Animation Expo, where your friend was, mm -hmm. were working together, and then that's also where we met. So that's who we've been talking about this entire time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So what was your experience like at Ground Zero? It was really refreshing. It was like CTN, but without the enormous crowd and heat. So it was really relaxing. It was great on an intimate level because I got to meet more people and stay in contact with them longer. Like a few days ago, I'd hung out with a few people that I'd met there, and I didn't have that kind of connection with people in general that I did there compared to CTN. Mm -hmm. And I think Ground Zero is great for just meeting people. 
in general. Yeah, and you got to do a couple of panels, right? Yeah, I did a, a few background painting panels. I think they were both background. They were both with Nick Gregory, who also worked on oh, yes. the show that I was on. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's really great. Um, he was good at leading the panel as well. So that was interesting. It was my first time paneling, so I went in like not knowing anything or not knowing what to do really, except for talking. Kind of like what I'm doing now. Uh, <laughs> um, so that was an experience. It was just really great. Grand Zero is one of the better conventions in my opinion. Yeah, I have to agree because it was the first time that I'd ever been on a panel as well. And my mm-hmm. experience with panels is going to panels. Right. And so I basically <laughs> just took that experience of, well, this is what people talk about when they're on a panel. So I too will talk about this when I'm on this panel. And it right. very well. Yeah, it was so refreshing also mm-hmm. because I think it was the first convention that I did in the entire year. So it was, it was nice just getting out in general. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm wanting to find out from you, too. So since you're doing a panel on background design, you've done background design for mm-hmm. a number of companies now. Are there certain things that you've noticed that are trends in background design now that you've been working for a while that you feel like, oh, people coming out of school may not necessarily be aware of? I mean, I would say that they're fairly similar to one another, but the trend would be just to paint it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's really vague, but um, different studios have different processes. And so with Cartoon Network, the process is that they would give me a storyboard and then I would design everything in that one scene and then move on to the next scene. Whereas in Riot Games, everything's kind of already laid out for you in 3D and you just paint over it. Mm -hmm. And with Honda, it was similar to that in that there was a 3D model and then I would paint on top of that. So for students, I would say either learn 3D modeling or have a friend that will 3D model in an environment for you and then design together and paint on top of that. Okay. So that's different because that's not something that we were taught in school. And again, this was a, a while back. So mm-hmm. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, different productions are have different processes. And so most 3D animations anyway will require 3D, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mighty Magic Swords was a 2D animation, so there was a lot more leeway with it. Like creating things was really up to me. There was no, there weren't any roadblocks in terms of creativity. Like they let me do whatever I want for the most part. Well, one time I painted a beer can, a beer bottle in the background and they were like, make it purple so it's not beer because this is for children. Yeah, we've had that. <laughs> That's funny. We've had things like that where it's like, can we have this look non-alcoholic? You know? Right. And I, I think there's even in, um, there's a scene in, it's either in regular show or over the garden wall, I forget, where they're clearly drinking out of solo cups, but they make a joke oh, about, yeah. this is a non-alcoholic beverage. Right. Oh, yeah. Going, I think it was regular not. show. Yeah, it's like, this is clearly beer. We just have to have this line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but for that show, I could put little cameos here and there in the background to my mm-hmm. discretion and no one would care. Cool. <laughs> oh, so, so you're putting in yourself, friends, family, pets. <laughs> oh, well, I wouldn't draw people, but it was mostly like things like oh, initials yes. in the in the wood or something. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a good it's time. Like my first grade teacher who helped me with everything. <laughs> right. And I'm wondering too, because I know that a lot of times there is a distinct difference, but you mentioned painting. Were you ever doing any of the black and white designs as well or just mm. solely painting everything? It was mostly uh, straightforward coloring from whatever was given just to save time Mm -hmm. there wasn't really a person like in the middle doing either line art or black and white which i know is common for tv in general but for all of the productions i've been on it was mostly just jump into the painting do whatever you want with limitations of course Mm -hmm. yeah there wasn't any black and white really as like a beginning part but I would have like a black and white layer on top of everything just to check my values every now and then. But the directors don't really know that. <laughs> so they don't, they don't really care as long as it meets 
of what they asked for. Mm-hmm. Because there's a timeline, uh, the black and white step just seems like an extra four hours for me. Oh, okay. mm. yeah. In a perfect world, I would have this. Since I do right. not, we're just going to go straight to color. Yeah. So yeah. for people that want to do what you're doing, mm-hmm. besides, you know, you mentioned know how to paint, 3D modeling, are there other suggestions that you have for people getting started, either... Here's what I recommend about color, or here's what I recommend about you know, Photoshop or Illustrator. Right. For background painting, I would say just go out and study painting. Or study how light works in real life and paint it, not just copy it. And there are lots of online resources as well that teach lighting for a decent price. Like Schoolism is really good. A lot of Gumroad tutorials, if you're on Gumroad. I, I go there for Photoshop brushes. Mm-hmm. So that's a good place for resources in general. I would say just practice all the time. And that would be the most beneficial thing to do for someone looking for a background painting job. Okay. Just practice mm-hmm. all the time. What about on the networking side? I know you've gotten a lot from right. you know, people recommending you, but do you go to any of the mixers or anything and meet people that I, way I actually don't go to a lot of mixers just because mm-hmm. I'm far away and sometimes scheduling interferes with that. I've been meaning to, though. But I would say go to CTN, go to Ground Zero, meet people in your industry because it's a good way to just know people. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll lead to a job, maybe it won't, but it should be more about you learning about your industry, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Solid advice. And we actually, we didn't get a chance to talk about CTN. What was your experience like exhibiting at CTN? It was intense because <laughs> <laughs> CTN was my first tabling experience oh ever. Oh, wow. And I thought it wouldn't be that bad, but it started getting... Like, I started noticing the general, like, convention things, like my throat hurting after a while. Mm. Um, people just dropping their business cards and then leaving. Oh, <laughs> really? Things they, like they, that. When you, when you come oh. to talk yeah. to you to say... They were too shy? Yeah, they were just like, here, take this, and then they would, like, walk away. Oh, that's strange. Yeah, Little, don't, don't do that, folks. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't do that. Um, it, was, it was still a good experience. I mean, I got to meet some people. I got to review students' portfolios, which was a new thing for me because I didn't know that I was even qualified for that at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was a learning experience for me. <laughs> just learning how to talk with people, I guess. But in general, it was really good. It was really fun. And were you, like, the night before, since it was your first experience, were Mm -hmm. you making prints, like, panicking? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, business cards or postcards or whatever. Yeah, I was like, I have my own printer, so I would, like, Mm -hmm. print straight from home. So after the first day, because it was kind of like my test day, like, if I sell this many prints of one thing, it'll probably do better the next few days. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would save some prints and print them the night uh, after the first night, which I think is Friday. And, And then I would have, I would print more for the next day, and it would turn out that other people would want other prints instead of the ones oh, yeah. that did well. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was an experience for learning how to do conventions mm-hmm. in general. So I don't know, maybe that is in itself is an entirely different conversation, but conventions are interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> and time consuming, but they're useful. Mm-hmm. I was wondering because you mentioned that you were reviewing student portfolios. Mm-hmm. Were there things that you were seeing in student portfolios that you just noticed, wow, every student is doing X. Why? Why are they doing this? Or were they oh, just right. very different across the board? Uh, in terms of skill level, it was very different. Uh, but the content, it was, with content, it was mostly like nature shots or exteriors, and there weren't that many interiors. Really? Yeah. So I would say if you're building a portfolio, make interiors because they're not very common, or at least at CTN, they weren't very common. That's interesting to me because, I mean, yes, you have the outside, but especially with television, 
everybody lives mm-hmm. somewhere. You right. Know, they, they go to work or they work <laughs> somewhere or they, they live somewhere. Right, they're, yeah. They're inside of a thing. So yeah, it's not something that people tend to think about, really, at least uh, when it comes to portfolio building. Yeah, and I would think there's so many more opportunities to really get into the heart of the character, like you were explaining mm-hmm. at the beginning, than... You can say a lot about the society on the outside backgrounds, buildings, right. and stuff, but if you want to get to the heart of the actual mm-hmm. people, you think a lot of people would be doing interior. Right, yeah. Like, this totally. is their room. This is mm-hmm. their what's going on in their mind. <laughs> right, exactly. And I say that now, but if you look at my portfolio, there actually aren't that many interior thoughts. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I know from experience, so. <laughs> That's so what are some things that when you have free time, when mm-hmm. you're not working for every job and right. <laughs> and helping the youth of tomorrow, what are some things that you love just to paint for you? I like painting. I like plein air painting, uh, which is something that I hadn't done in a while and I just started getting back into. Maybe I'll take a break because of the heat. But uh, (laughs) painting from life in general is good practice for me because I don't have to think about it really. And it gives me some time to experiment with like different techniques, different brushes. I'm actually trying to paint more people in general because I know it's something that I hate, but if I do it more, I'll learn to love it. Right, right. <laughs> and for different jobs, I've actually been asked to draw characters. So it is a skill that I need, kind of, eventually. <laughs> You're like, far, far, far away. Yeah. In the future, I will, I will do this. Yeah, so I paint a lot of trees on the side. Trees, nature in general. I really like succulents. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, I've actually been getting into, like, robots, too, so... I I don't know. When it comes to like me art, I do whatever feels right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, outside of art, I like to crochet at more of a hobby. I make hats for people during the winter time. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, and I like. Let's see, what do I do on weekends? I do uh, escape rooms sometimes. Oh, Those are really, really fun. Nice. Yeah. Good. Oh yeah. Um, there's this place in I think Monterey Park that has like a Harry Potter themed one. It's oh, really wow. cool. I won't spoil much if you ever want to try it, but like there are interactive parts with wands, with magic wands that, wow. I don't know. It's like high tech. It's really cool. That sounds very crazy. I've never done one of those. I've always been concerned that I'll be the person that can't figure out anything <laughs> and that everybody will get very angry at me. <laughs> it's actually really great as like a, a company thing to do um, just for team building. Mm-hmm. So you sh- I don't know, you can bring it up to your higher ups and be like, hey, a team bonding thing is something we can do. Let's try an escape room. <laughs> <laughs> See if we can all get out without killing each other. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I so like them because it's kind of like a real life video game in a way sometimes right I, I do get stressed out oh and, yeah um, going like yeah i don't want to be the weak link <laughs> yeah because I, I i have a genuine fear that i will be the one that's going i don't know right yeah. clue. i don't know what this means go on without me yeah. <laughs> i find that if you if you're in a team setting and there's one person that does like the puzzle parts mm-hmm. and there's no, there's usually another set of people that like finds objects i'm in mm-hmm. that category of just finding things because i'm not very good with puzzles or like mind tricks or solving yeah, whatever logic yeah yeah logic so i'm usually <laughs> the one like putting my hand in a dark corner oh i can finding the thing <laughs> i'll find the thing so like comedy relief that would be the rule. Nice. That's the spirit. Yeah, that is that is what I would be It's an important for. role. I think so. Every movie has one. So. <laughs> yeah, so I always like to ask people, if you could go back in time 
and tell young Victoria some <laughs> sage advice and wisdom, mm-hmm. what would you tell her? I would say keep track of things or keep track of your life, I guess. I, when I was in school, I dated someone that was a big mistake. Uh, but because but because <laughs> it was... That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Uh, but I made this rule in art school that I would never date anyone because I, would more, I was more focused on school and the work. So I would tell my young self not to make excuses for people. <laughs> In that sense. Uh, But also, I would make use of online resources now that they are available and not just rely on the school for work. Because there are a lot of classes that you can get that Art Center teaches, but not at Art Center and not for the cost of tuition, Mm -hmm. which is expensive. Yeah. Um, Like I know Peter Hahn teaches at a bunch of different schools that aren't a university, like a CDA, I think Brainstorm, but I'm not sure, Nomon. All those different schools that aren't universities also offer the same things for not the price of tuition. Mm -hmm. Uh, And ultimately, jobs or the companies you work for don't really care where you went to school as long as you can do the job. So you can learn the same material from like online or different schools. So I would tell myself to utilize the Internet better. (laughs) Let's see. Join social media earlier because I didn't really get on that until a couple years ago. And network more, because I also didn't network before CTN, and that was a huge game changer. That's very, very wise advice. So, Victoria, where, speaking of social media and such, where can people find you online? You can find me at victoriaorolfo.wixsite.com slash portfolio, which is my main website. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram as Victoria Orolfo Art. I know it's a handful because my, my name is long. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the same thing on Tumblr. And for Twitter, it's Vorolfo, which is V-O-R-O-L-F-O. And on Etsy, which is my full name. Oh, excellent. So we'll make sure that people visit all those sites. We'll have that in the show notes, especially your store, because we always like to promote people's artwork. So oh, yeah, please totally. go and buy all of Victoria's art. <laughs> beautiful. I had a chance to go and check that out. No, thank you. Prior to the show. <laughs> so Victoria, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute delight. And is there anything else you would like to share before we go? Uh, stay cool if you're in the LA area. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be like this for the next three weeks. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't go outside, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. And that concludes our interview with Victoria Orolfo. Special thanks to Victoria for being a wonderful guest. And make sure to check out all of the links to her websites in the show notes, as well as on our website. And if you've enjoyed today's interview, please leave a five-star review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And you can also support the show by visiting www.theanimatedjourney.com and clicking on the PayPal donation button on the right-hand side. All of your donations enable us to pay for the technical costs associated with the podcast, such as web hosting, equipment, etc. And to see what else is going on in the world of animation, you can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash theanimatedjourney. On Tumblr, the site is theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at animjourney. And to see what Jeff has been up to, you can visit his website, www.jeffbot.com. That's J-E-F-B-O-T. On Tumblr, the site is jeffbot.tumblr.com. On Twitter, the handle is at jeffbot. And on Instagram, the handle is at shootzee. And that's S-H-O-O-T-Z-E-E. And to see what I've been up to, you can visit my website at www.sketchysoul.com. 
on Tumblr, the site is sketchysoul.tumblr.com. And on Instagram, the handle is at sketchysoul. So thank you to everyone for listening. And until next time, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody. Bye.